What's up? What is up? Back once again, it is the incredible In the Black podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who know that MOP's Annie Up is better than Nuck if you buck. So yeah. don't. Yes! Yeah. Yes! I am your host, yes. Mr. In the Black himself. And I want to welcome you guys once again for another special episode of The Black Light. The Black Light is our opportunity to take a deep dive into the people and conversations that deserve the deep dive. But as usual, I can't do this alone. So let me introduce. Let me introduce the rest of the Brave Hearts. Crush, say what's up. What's good, everybody? Boogie, say what's up, man. Hey, man, what's good with y'all out there? <laughs> and if you enjoy content like this, please make sure to follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, make sure to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe so that right. you don't miss the next video. Um, we have a very special guest tonight, um, Mayor Candace Hollingsworth. One of the co-chairs of the national, uh, one of the national co-chairs for our Black Party. Um, yeah, this is going to be a very, very interesting conversation. So please help me welcome Mayor Hollingsworth. Mayor Hollingsworth, uh, did she drop out? I don't know. She's there. It looks like her thing is frozen for me on my end. There she goes. I think she did, bro. She was up in her shenanigans. That's what it was. There's a whole joke just frozen. (laughs) Mayor Hollingsworth, how are you? Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. And there were no shenanigans going on. Not yet. You know, I'm I'm sitting here hoping my Wi-Fi doesn't make me get embarrassed on on this here live stream. But, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, can you please tell our listeners, our viewers, a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am Candace Hollingsworth. I guess my official title is I'm the mayor of the city of Hyattsville, which is in Prince George's County in the state of Maryland. Um, I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, so I'm a Southern girl. If you hear that come out, that's it's genuine. It's not fake. Um, and <laughs> showing up. I love that you laughed at that. Um <laughs> Uh, Memphis girl, but that also means that my perspectives are in many ways colored by an experience of a Southern girl um, that is now in the Mid-Atlantic area with a variety of experiences. I've been in Hyattsville now for 10 years, uh, mayor for five, been elected for nine. Um, And I just, I love this work. I love our people and I'm excited for this conversation. No doubt, no doubt. Now, I was excited to talk to you about 
Our Black Party because it seems like an initiative that's ready to take hold of Black politics for Black people in America. I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'm going to let you do it. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about what Our Black Party actually is. Sure. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Honestly, it is about, but I wouldn't say about taking Black politics for Black people. It's about taking politics generally for Black people um, because it's about reclaiming a space that we rightfully deserve um, to make sure that we have policies and laws that are passed that help improve the quality of life for Black folks, period. Um, and the best way that I've said it before is that our goal as a party or as an organization is to change the laws and the lawmakers that support or pass initiatives that undermine Black existence in this country. Hmm. Let me start off with, I think, the probably what's at the root of this conversation. Why do we need an initiative like this? Why do you think that it was necessary and why do you think it was necessary now? It's necessary because, you know, for too long, honestly, our votes have always been taken for granted. You know, every election cycle, we often hear um, people come, they come out and I'm, you know, as an elected official, it is, it feels like it's almost part of the rule book when you're campaigning, you know, you go to your certain constituencies to make sure that mm -hmm. folks, um, that you have their vote and you have their support. And the national politics, <clears throat> political landscape is no different. Um, except now we have more vocal pushback from folks to say, okay, but what exactly is in this for me? We saw it in 2016, most definitely, where that conversation became more vocal. Usually it's been kind of this undercurrent in um, our psyche and definitely among Black folks because it's rare that we see people that not only um, we, it's definitely rare to see somebody that looks like us. We know that when Absolutely. we saw that from 2008 to 2016, mm -hmm. um, thankfully, but it's even rarer to see someone who is able to speak directly to our issues without equivocation and is willing to say that this is part of my platform, not just in the spaces where black people are, but in every space. Was that your cat? That is my cat. <laughs> now I don't feel bad when my dog barks a little bit later, I'm sure. But uh <laughs> black like me. Black ass cat. Yep. Look, we're gonna have fun. We just gonna have fun. But no, there's um but but yeah, so it's rare for us to have have that space, to hold that space in the political conversation where people view issues that are related to quality of life for black people as genuine American issues. Um, and, and that, and it's definitely rare for us to say, Hey, we expect you to talk about our issues. We expect you to commit to policy solutions. And by the way, we're going to hold you accountable for it. Um, and I think that accountability part has really been lost, um, over the years. And I don't know that we've ever felt empowered to, to hold folks accountable in that regard. Um, why now, honestly, if it's not now, I don't know when would be the right time. I feel like this is the moment where, um, you know, not only are people feeling comfortable saying Black Lives Matter, but that's just not just Black folks, that's everybody's getting a bit mm, more comfortable yeah, saying that. Yeah. Mm. But 
we have seen the success of protests since 2014, actually 2013, now seven years. We've seen the success of those protests around Black Lives Matter. And they've gotten us to this point where the conversation has matured to where we can talk about this in a way and have more people talking about it in a way that educates every other person. But now it's elevated to talking about policy solutions. You have the Breathe Act that was proposed by Movement mm -hmm. for Black Lives. Sure. That is probably one of the most comprehensive and um, consequential policy measures that's been proposed in a long time. And as you know, we haven't had any comprehensive policy addressing Black folks oh, wow. since 1968. Sure. So, to have that in the conversation now, what I see and what Wes and I saw is that, you know what, this is missing a huge part of the puzzle. And well, that's- and I, and I, the Guys, we do, we do have him on the marker. So Dr. Wes Bellamy is the other national co-chair for our Black Party. Go ahead. Oh, sorry about that. So the, the thing is, the other part of the conversation is missing are the folks that operate every day in these political spaces. So elected officials like me, elected officials who are not black, you know, so how do we make sure that the policies and the people who are responsible for enacting those policies actually take hold? And so we view it as our responsibility to till the soil to the point where the voice of the protest makes its way into city halls, into the halls of legislatures. And we remove those burdens, those barriers so that, that task becomes a lot easier. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why the now is so important because you can't do, you really can't do one without the other. Um, and, and it's time for the political process to step up in a way that matches the effort of protesters and organizers in communities across the country. But Candace, you guys are causing so much trouble with this name of this initiative, yeah. Our Black Party, you're trying to push other people out? And you already know that Our Black Party is a Democratic Party. What are you trying to rock the boat for? Like, what do you, what's the whole deal? <laughs> Who told you that? I'm just saying what the streets are saying. So you might as well answer the question. So Our Black Party, as, as um, Wes, my national co-chair, says all the time, it's our party. It's not, um, it's not my party, it's not his party, it's not anybody else's, it's ours. And so it also recognizes that black folk are not a monolith, but the issues that we're talking about are those that impact our quality of life. And when you get, when you get down to quality of life issues, it's really easy or it's a lot easier to strip away the labels that we've become so accustomed to using. Um, and while we definitely know that the Democratic Party, that Black folks typically tend to vote Democratic, yes. that doesn't necessarily translate in the same way when you're talking about local elections. So mm -hmm. as an elected official in Hinesville, for example, I've been elected nine years now, and all of our elections are nonpartisan in Hinesville. So I don't run for mayor as a Democrat. I don't run for mayor as a Republican or anything else, I run as Candace, who is seeking this office to represent residents in the city of Hyattsville. And the federal agenda is only a part of our, of how we view um, we can address this, these issues in the political process for Black folks. A lion's share of that work is in communities, at local elections, school boards, neighborhood commissions, state legislatures. And while that's also in some ways partisan, the work of getting folks organized around that, that doesn't have a party attached to it. That's about speaking to people and their issues. And I guess for me, when I went to the website and I was reading over the list of things on your agenda, there's a couple of things that stuck out for me. 
uh, one, it means a lot to have you on this broadcast talking about this particular thing, uh, because in this political climate, we don't have a black voice uh, out there who is willing to address our specific needs and the things of our community. We can't trust Joe Biden. We know about the other dude. So we're kind of limited right now with people that we can trust in the political sphere. But going to your site, I saw the list of things and it was a couple of things. So this is kind of a two part question. Mm -hmm. uh, I noticed the first part that you mentioned, uh, uh, what you call it? Uh, sorry, you mentioned defunding the police. Mm -hmm. One of the things on there. But I noticed abolishing the police wasn't on there. And for many within predominantly black communities, low socioeconomic, with the things that are taking place, we've moved to that next step, maybe in thinking, but not as far as rhetoric to the abolishing stage. Why was abolishing left off? Was that intentional? What is your thoughts on abolishing the police? Give us some more. Yeah, so, right. So one of the things that's important to note, especially with this organization, especially the way that we're building with building it with intention, is that the foundation of our agenda is the Black to the Futures Action Fund, um, Black to the Futures Lab Action Fund that has developed Black Agenda 2020. So the elements of that agenda we're using as the foundation of the platform and as a framework is by no means a destination or the end result of what the agenda will be, but it is a great starting point. Um, and over the next few months, we are doing the work of surveying the people who get connected with our Black Party to find out the things that matter to them so that we shape the conversation in a way that speaks to Black communities' desires. At the same time, we know that when starting an initiative, you need to make sure that people understand in a general sense, the issues that are important to you. Sure. And so what we do know, you know, while there's definitely some variation and some space between defund and um, defunding police and, and police abolition and even prison abolition, sure. while we know there's some space there and some space for common ground, disagreement, whatever you want to call it, we do know that there is general consensus among black folks that we need to reimagine what public safety means in our community. In general, sure. And so when we're put coming out with a platform, we wanna make sure we can start with a common ground and gotcha. we build from that point. Okay. <clears throat> Actually, I uh, do have a personal relationship with Mayor Hollingsworth. I'm sorry. The reason why I not only <laughs> Support that was an apology to me, right? It was, it was, <laughs> believe me. I'm sorry, it is. You never could trust light skinned people, I swear. But so, the reason why I, I, I trust Mayor Hollingsworth is that I've always known her to be the, an, the anti politician's politician. She's never really been about the shits. She doesn't like to play those games, and I know she's going to give it to you straight with no chaser, right? So, I feel comfortable being able to say, okay, I'm willing to put my name and effort and will behind our black party. But for those folks that don't know you, how does your political experience, and I wanna make sure that folks know, she is the youngest mayor of Hyattsville, the first African-American uh, woman mayor of Hyattsville. So she's broken the glass ceiling, she's forging ahead. How does your political experience and your political policy life affect your efforts to 
to move our black party. So I think the mo- it, and you're right about trust. It is something that you def that you curate over time, mm-hmm. um, and it's through the way that you actually show up in the world, right? So it's not just what you say; it's about what you what you're doing on an everyday basis. And for folks who don't know me, folks who don't know Wes or any of our other amazing steering committee members, who I want to actually acknowledge at some point, um, but folks who have um, real bona fides when it comes to their work in their communities, even if you don't know them, I think the thing that I would want to communicate to folks who are trying to understand why should I trust a group of politicians who have gotten together and say, this is one of the solutions that we should get, we should get behind. And I think more than anything is a testament to us um, and those like us ridding ourselves of that notion that just because we are black and we are in this spaces, that means our politics aligns with what our communities need. It is a testament that we're willing to hold ourselves accountable also. Um, and that when we are when we are seeking endorsement or anyone in our circle is seeking endorsement, there is a standard that we have to meet and we have to keep in order to maintain the connections with our black party, in order to get those endorsements, in order to get that support. And for me, more than anything, I, I, I want to make sure that as I continue this work in whatever way I continue it, that I keep the needs of my community at the forefront. Mm-hmm. One of the things I shared before is that my mom always say, you know, it's usually when we're talking about somebody whose child wasn't their biological child, right? She'll say, well, you feed somebody long enough, you, they start to look like start it. To look like it. Mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you're in this political space, I think it's very similar. When this is your bread and butter, you can start looking like it. You can start acting like the very systems that you despise. And I know that I don't want to get to that point. <laughs> and I know that there are many other elected officials that that don't want to get to that point either. And our communities need us to not get to that point. And so um, I think that is one of the reasons why I would hope that people see the, the authenticity and how this is developing and why we're, what this, the intention that we're bringing to not just the process, but also our, our thoughts around building community and building coalitions around this work, because we know that the folks that we're working on behalf of have a significant distrust of politicians. Yes. Um, and Black so we, we, we have, right, we have to own that and we have to do different um, in order to get a different outcome. So on that though, how do you, because there's a distrust, there's a, a use to trust regardless of the you of your skin, black or white, blue or green or skittle, folks really don't trust politicians right now. Mm-hmm. There's a, a huge gap between uh, the number of people who tend to vote, who uh, t- t- typically align with the Democratic Party. I don't know why, but that's tend to be what we have. How do you guys in the Our Black Party navigate that and build that trust within the community? Because one of the things you know we need, we need folks to stop bullshitting us. We need folks to be 100 and give us the truth and give us honesty. Uh, what do you guys want to do differently than yeah. every other politician? I think the agenda I, I, is at, real, is at the real quickly, I want that. to piggyback off of that. I want to piggyback off of that as well. Okay. I know that you 
initially already said that our black party and black people in general as a voting block are not a monolith, right? But we do know the majority of democratic. How do you make that balance also to include black Republicans, black conservatives who also deserve a place within, I well, guess, black folks who don't want to be involved with none of them motherfuckers. Right. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's because the, the agenda is at the forefront. We're leading with the agenda. We're actually leading with black first. And then the agenda is developed around that. Um, so one of the examples that I think I, that we've probably seen is when we're talking about um, uh, white supremacy and domestic terrorism. And I believe, I can't remember what year it was, but the the black representative from Tim Scott, see South Carolina, I'm blanking mm -hmm. on yeah. my areas. Um, yes, when he, he got up and he talked passionately Very about passionately. his experience, sure. right? Yeah. And so that's that tells you that there, when we're talking about our mere existence in this world, it's universal. It doesn't, you know, it cuts across every single. Um, now, there are folks that don't think it's universal. So I'm going to, you know, this is not the party for them. This is not the organization for them. If there are folks that don't understand the fact that black people in this country ex have a very different experience from others in this country. This is probably not the place for them to be. But for those who understand that, but have perhaps a different view on, let's say taxation or a different view on uh, personal responsibility or whatever it might be, the things that kind of create the gray area between Democrats and Republicans typically, when we talk about making sure that communities are safe, that people are able to have um, fair experiences with the criminal legal system, that people are able to go to the doctor in their communities and get adequate and high quality treatment, yeah. that women are able to give birth without the risk of their lives um, sure. and on and on and on. Those are things that people understand right. and they understand them without talking to them through a lens that's colored by, you know, a red or a blue. Yeah. Um, so for us, it's making sure that we focus on the agenda and that we continue to nail home the issues in every space. So if we're talking with, you know, if there, if there are folks in communities or folks serving our communities and they, they are Republican, let's say they're in office and they're Republican, that means holding their feet to the fire for the things that Black communities need. If they're holding those offices and they're Democrats, it's holding their feet to the fire for the things that Black communities need. Um, because our job is to make sure that we pass policies and that we um, hold elected officials accountable or get new ones when there are, uh, when the needs of our communities aren't met. Crush, go ahead, man. Well, you know, this was uh, something that stood out for me as I read your agenda. Um, one thing, uh, the, uh, the idea of guaranteed income for all, um, it seemed, uh, you know, based on you know a lot of discussions I've had with several educators that I know, including the one I'm married to, um, who, also, who also consults, um, you know, they are, they're, they're focusing on, um, you know, reimagining school and education as a whole. Um, as a as a as an institution that uh, that will uh, you know foster the right kind of thinking. So we're, we're wondering. I was wondering if uh, you know if, if, if you know shouldn't there be more of a focus on education as an institution for the outcome of guaranteed income for all? Mm -hmm. 
I want you to say a little bit more about what you're asking. Well, I mean, more or less, you know, I'm wondering really, you know, what, uh, what if uh, you know, shouldn't there be more of a focus on the the kind of funding that they're that behind education, where it goes, just like with the funding of the police, for example, because um, I didn't really see that, you know, in the agenda uh, per se you know, as, a, as, a, as a as a big highlight. It was a little bit, little bit low on the list, so I was wondering if 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 uh, if education will become, or for or at least for for a lot of educators, I, I I know, will it become a bigger issue for for a party like this one? Yeah, so I, I think it's important to note that position on a list doesn't necessarily denote importance on an agenda or on the agenda. Um, and so for us, high, high quality and affordable education for everyone is absolutely important. But I would definitely um, take issue with any notion that the only way for people to have a high quality of life and sustain a high quality of life is solely through education. We've seen that education and attainment, educational attainment is not the equalizer that people have oh. always made it out to be. Right. And so we have to remember that reality while also making sure that those who, that we create educational systems that young people want to be engaged with, where they feel that they're supported and nurtured, and then also encourage, you know, continued learning, not just for the sake of making sure that you can make out in the capitalist system, but for the sake of knowledge and growth, personal growth. And so I think all of those things can exist at once. Um, and I think there, and as, as, as you will see the agenda develop, there will be even more items, you know, added to this list with greater nuance. Um, in different areas that allow us to kind of tackle to to tackle all of the various sides of of different issues and also create localized responses for those issues because not every community is, is the same, same either sure. you know so I think there's a there's um, a lot of space for those agenda items and positions to develop. Okay. With a title like Our Black Party, what does that mean? Does that mean that other groups aren't involved? Can white people be involved? Yeah, can white people be a part of it? <laughs> Where do white people end up in this joint? <laughs> like I said before, we lead with black. So, you know, if 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 that's if that's not your jam, then again, this, this is probably not the thing for you. Um, but at the white same time, we can't do this work without coalitions. We've, you know, the the advancements that we've seen in many um, human rights and civil rights organizations over the past 50 years have been because of the allegiance of Black people to the concept of collective action. And I think, on that yeah, please. and I think it's important, I, just a minute, I think it's important that that favor is returned with the same level of fervor. So. We believe in our communities, Black folks have always operated under collective notions. It is, it is part of why when we, see, um, when we see the news and we hear about another unearned Black man who's, who's murdered by police, or we hear about a Black woman who was, you know, in Brianna's case, who was murdered in her home, or who was just simply manhandled. By, by police and in any altercation. It's why we feel that connection to them. 
because of collective, there's a collective thing that we experience. And I, I, I believe that part of it is genetic, but um, there's a collective feeling that we have. And we also have, have, I think, this general concept of acting collectively. And we, we um, I think we have an allegiance to it in that we, we really believe that collective action is going to get us somewhere. Wherever that there is, I feel like we think it's going to get us there. And we've done that with, we often do it with immigrants' rights. We've done it with um, gay, gay liberation, with, with marriage equality. We've done it with a variety of, of human rights issues over the years where we have harnessed our you know, will for collective action for the benefit of not just other groups in their entirety, but also because we recognize that those groups are also part of us. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, that is not always returned for issues that relate, that are seen as black folks issues. Now, what would you say to the people who would say part of the reason why black folks are in the position that they are is because we often cheerlead and lend a hand to other people's plight and not solely focus on ours. Like I said, I think, I think it is, <laughs> I don't want to say good to a fault because I wouldn't want to encourage a scenario where we forget the fact that working collectively is important and that it is a value. Um, I think what really matters is that we have to start not just lending a hand to other folks' plight, but also using the way people interact <laughs> and um, interact with us and lend their hands or not to our issues. We start to store that, store those things as data. It is part of the, and look at it as part of the accountability structure that we're trying to build. So, for example, now we're talking about, you know politics writ large, and probably Democrats more specifically, that our votes being taken for granted. We're not seeing anything that remotely seen, that remotely resembles great improvement for our communities through the policies that you enact. Mm -hmm. So we have stored that as data over the mm -hmm. decades. Sure. Now we need to act in a different way because what do they say? Fool me once. Yeah, shame on me. Right. And I feel like we need I feel like we have to get into the habit of actually holding people, you know, saying, okay, you know what? This time out with showing up a hundred percent in this in this way, when that person doesn't show up for us or when that group doesn't show up for us. I feel like we have to be um be we have to be mindful of that without destroying relationships, without fracturing without fracturing coalitions, but still leading with our agenda and our needs first. Hmm. All right. My question for you is this. The black community for quite some time is always from a as a voting block seem to do things kind of ass backwards. And what I mean by that is this. We typically wait for politicians to come into our communities and tell us what they're going to do for us instead of going to these politicians and demanding what we want from them and then holding them accountable. You've already stated that you part of the agenda is holding these people's feet to the fire. If you can, 
can you tell us how you intend or how the our black party intends to do that how it intends to hold these politicians yeah. feet to the fire so one of the things that's really important in the in, in the how for us is you know policies are one thing having the agenda is another thing getting folks elected is something um but the real important piece and it's one of the things that i that i've seen in my experience as an elected official in Highsville is that one of the most important things that I feel that I've done has nothing to do, honestly, with the policy necessarily. It is that we've, my administration has raised the expectations of local government. Our residents expect more of us because we've shown that we can do more. And we've also, we've met their we heard what they wanted and what they needed, and we responded with what they wanted and what they needed. And now they're like, okay, so you did that. All right, now go do this. And it, you know, it 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 almost feels like the target moves, but that's the reason why, mm-hmm. you know, folks are in these positions, right? I think that's why the the other the part of our of our of our how that's most important is educating um, voters on civic engagement or actually just residents in general on civic engagement and interacting with the political process. Because when we start to raise folks' expectations of what democracy is supposed to deliver and we educate people on how they can make that democracy deliver what it's supposed to, then we start to move the ball even further. Because I know firsthand that politicians and politicians succeed and policies pass because we bank on an uneducated electorate, on an uneducated and uninformed electorate. Yeah, that's true. And so when we, when we, when we change that part of the equation and get folks, you know, connected in their local communities to the people that they might see in the grocery store, to the folks they might see at the neighborhood meeting, we start at that level. That's where we see, we feel like we're going to see the most change. And then as far as hold, how we actually hold people's feet to the fire is that when you build a coalition of people who are not, who are now they're informed about the process, they're educated about the candidates. Because by the way, the other thing that we are probably most excited about is that in the fall, we'll be starting a black ballot. When you go to cast your vote, do you know where the people that you elect stand on issues related to the black community? Most times, no. Most times you don't. And I think that's the answer for more than 90% of Black folks in this country. And so we want to create a ballot for people in select communities where they, when they go to the voting booth or, you know, bubble on their mail at home, mail in ballot, they can say, oh, I know where this person sits on this. They, this is how they responded to this survey related to the issues on the Black agenda. I am becoming an educated voter. And then the more you, hmm? The ballots going to inform them, or I mean, how will this education be delivered? Through so you you get a sample ballot, right? When you go when elections happen, don't you get sample ballots that kind of flood your your mailbox? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So think of something similar, like okay. that, where it shows you, you know, your whether it's the pictures, the names, or whatever of the folks who are running for office in your area, and how they responded to the issues on the black agenda. What issues do they support and which issues they don't so that people can vote accordingly. Mm. 
Um, and so that's one way that we want to get people involved in that way. And so as we as we build that group of folks who are now more engaged and more informed about the people who are holding office in their communities, that that becomes an even larger group of folks who, you know, elected officials know, oh goodness, I need to <laughs> need to make sure that I'm starting to do some work on these issues because I know there's a whole group of people that this organization is tapped into that also knows how the political process works and they can inform them probably quicker than I could spin the story around. Mm. Okay. I see. I know that this is not your initiative, so I'm going to give you an opportunity to shout out the folks that are working with you to help make sure that this thing gets done in a, in the best means possible. But my question also is, are you ready for the pushback that you're going to receive? I know you guys launched last week. And I know that I've already seen it from just a quick Google search that there are folks that are calling you guys rabble rousers and troublemakers and the whole bunch of it. Are you guys ready for that pushback? What, it, is it predominantly white people who is doing this pushback? I've seen I've seen it on both sides because that's, I've seen that's, some of course, I've seen some old course. guard I've seen old guard Democrats basically say that this is just people trying to split the party and the whole nine, and I've seen some. I've because, seen white folks come out there and call it foolishness too. And so. Kenneth, we're going to give you a chance to respond. I apologize, but I wanted to chime in because I, one of the things, anytime black folks begin to build anything that is black. Yeah. People get butthurt real quick. No, no, no. Let's be clear. White folks get really butthurt real quick. That's and true. Black I apologize. Gate, black gatekeepers tend to come out and want to lead the fight for white folks against black folks who are building something black. What type of pushback have you experienced so far in the midst of building this? Because I think this is just still ground level. And I think it's amazing what you guys have put forth yeah, so far. It's incredible. Um, I, yeah. I, I love it. I'm, I'm all for it, all that type of shit. But what type of pushback have you received from building something black? So, you know, there's a there's a mantra. Don't read the comments, right? So, yeah, I don't, I don't read mine. Don't worry about it. I, I, tend, to, I tend to stay out of the comments. <laughs> I tend to stay out of the comments. And I know that in, in doing this work, we knew going into this what we would expect. You could almost, I could have written down everything that we would hear yeah, um, when this yeah. came out in a journal, you know, a week before. And I could probably tick off every single one of them at this point if I went through yeah. the comments because it's, it's so predictable. Mm -hmm. um, and it's exactly what you said, where you're talking about folks who are, you know, afraid of the concept of anything black. So mm -hmm. the fact that we're calling it our black party is a thing, you mm -hmm. know, and that, that's offensive to some folks. Mm -hmm. Then you get to the point where it's like, how dare you? How dare you expect that someone speak to your issues? Are they not supposed to speak to everyone's issues? So <laughs> there's that. Then, <laughs> then you have folks who are like, we need to get Trump mm -hmm. out of office. I hope this isn't. I hope yeah, what that's the biggest thing why you guys started this really black party thing. Oh, isn't God. trying to you know isn't trying Ooh. to do that and and to, to for that I say you know what there's a big difference between someone who feels like they have they have to vote because they've never not voted and someone who chooses to vote enthusiastically because they know that this person is going to speak to the things that they need. There's a big difference between the two of those, Ooh. and there's a lot of space for you to get to the enthusiastic voter. Even in the even in the span of four months, you could get to get more enthusiastic voters. So it could be a situation where you actually help get Trump out of office. And I think I wrote that op-ed. It's like 
We can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can want Trump out of office and still require Biden to earn the vote. So, so are you guys ultimately going to be putting your names or the name of our Black Party behind specific candidates? Or are you trying to stay away from that in this initial juncture? I just want to- In this initial sure. juncture, it's, it's, it's really about the policies. We need to get the primary candidates to commit to the policies that reinforce the things that Black communities need. That's what That's we're what focusing, focusing on in this near future. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we've heard a variety of things, but I will tell you, the thing that energizes me most is when I get either a Facebook message or a you know direct message, an email, whatever. Because you like that someone smoke. Where, no, 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 I'm talking about something good. Where oh, okay. someone who says- you still, you still like that smoke though, don't, don't, don't front. You know. Where someone, <laughs> where someone <laughs> says, it's about damn time. And most of the time, the folks that say that are the people who are your everyday average person. The people who mm. have something to say are mostly folks who, as you said, are gatekeepers or or consider themselves to be gatekeepers or consider themselves to be the, the intelligentsia of black of black politics. And so we're talking about the everyday voter because we're talking about changing people's lives. and. Changing people's lives means divorcing yourself from it in some way and getting to things and getting to experiences that you probably have never had or faced in your life. And those are the folks that I feel give me the give me the energy to keep doing what we're doing. Let's talk process. How soon are you going to let people know the selected cities where you're going to have these ballots at? How so we, we hope to be doing that in August. Okay. Or at least announcing where that where those initial cities will be in August. Um, okay. But I can't, you know, I would be crazy to not mention that our ability to do that in even more communities is based on fundraising. You know, we are we are a political committee. We're fundraising. We want people to donate to the levels that they can to help support this work that is going to have a meaningful impact on communities. Now, do you have particular people in particular cities who are doing? Our black party stuff. So, for instance, I'm in Philly. Do you have somebody in Philly who is pushing our black party agenda that could link up with to build with? What cities do you have that already established? So we are building from the ground up. We are starting to identify folks. So we want to, by September, have state directors in place. Um, and if not all of the states, the majority of the states. Um, who will be building a coalition of organizers and activists and, of course, political folks who are involved in processes in different areas around the community, um, around, that, around that state. But in Philly in particular, we one of our steering committee members is from Philly, um, okay. is in Philly, okay. Rashad Lambert, who is um, the founder of Rashad. What's up, bro? Forbes, the culture. Mm -hmm. um, he's one of our steering committee members, and he is absolutely dedicated to this work and dedicated to connecting folks that needs to be connected to what we're doing. And so we want to do that, not in a top-down approach in, in, in communities across the country. We want, I think, like I said, the other great thing is that the folks are emailing saying, we've heard from folks in Mississippi, we've heard from folks mm. in Massachusetts, in South Carolina, in California, in Washington State, and um, many others so far who are just like, I wanna, I wanna help, how can I help? I want, you know, I want to do that here. So I think I think there is I think we're going to be amazed by the network that we build through this party, through this organization. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. I know that this is an uphill battle for you with a worthy cause. Can you please just give a shout out to your folks who you're doing this with, who who the team of Avengers that you've assembled to try and get this thing done? Yes. So of course, um, national co-chair, West, Dr. Wes Bellamy, you know, it's it's not an inside joke. He he is someone who I appreciate in many ways for always making sure that people put some respect on his name. So I appreciate that. But <laughs> Dr. Wes <laughs> Bellamy, who is the former vice mayor of um, Charlottesville, Virginia, you may remember him from um, when there was a Unite the Right rallies in Charlottesville. Yeah, yeah. And he was kind of the face at that time because he was the only African-American counselor on the on the Charlottesville City Council at that time. But more than that, um, he led the creation of a, of a $4 million equity package for the city of Highsville mm-hmm. that expanded opportunities for those who, um, who didn't have their GEDs, for folks who wanted to start small businesses, for folks who lived in public housing, um, to meet the needs of the community um, at almost every level at where, where those um, at where it was necessary for the city of Charlottesville. Then we have a steering committee that's made up of Leah Webb, who is a former council member out of Binghamton, New York. And she is one of, in Binghamton, she is the first African-American elected official in their city's history. Um, And their city is over 130 years old as well. Um, Her focus has always been on health, addressing health disparities in communities of color, um, particularly as it relates to food access and mm, healthcare access. Mm, mm, um, so that's kind of her sweet spot in terms of policy. But see, but she's also definitely interest, has you know bandwidth and knowledge in a variety of policy areas on the agenda. Um, there's also attorney Stephanie Morales, who is the Commonwealth attorney for Portsmouth, Virginia. Okay. She is one of only a few um so a Commonwealth attorney is like what we would call kind of like a DA sure. uh, or state's attorney. Um, she is one of few who has been successful at prosecuting a, a law enforcement officer for the murder of an unarmed, unarmed black man in this country. Sure, so she's absolutely badass. And uh, definitely her area of interest is, you know, of course, criminal justice um, and exposure, reducing exposure to criminal legal system through investments in communities in the ways that really make communities safe. Mm-hmm. So community development, education, housing, <laughs> all of those things. And then last but not least, as I mentioned, Rashad Lambert, um, who's, who's a founder of Forbes of Culture out of Philly, um, has expertise in marketing, branding, but also brings a very interesting and wise eye to the process and how things happen. So he, um, and he has you know, his, his finger on the pulse of culture. You know, he's able to reach folks because it's easy to get, especially when we're talking about politics, it's easy to get caught up in thinking that everybody has a bachelor's degree or that everybody has a high school diploma even. And we can easily start to fragment our community in that way. And it's important to make sure that our steering committee, that the leadership, that how we reach communities really reflects that we are talking about the entirety of the Black community. Mm-hmm. Quick question for you: How did this all start? Because you're just <laughs> laying in bed and you were like, "I hate this politician. I hate that politician. I need to do something <laughs> else." Oh, I mean, that's the way I would have started it. Like, well, so, what can I do? Yeah, like, I yeah, yeah. What's well, no, 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 no. 
you, you, you really try to push that one last white listener we got right out the door. Let her tell what she got to tell, okay? Go ahead, Candace. What did you say? I missed it. What did you say? I said, I said how did this... Don't, don't, don't do that. She asked. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, dude. You, you're good. Go ahead. Taste of inspiration. So, the interesting thing is that... Um, so... I'm part of a network of young elected officials um, or a group of us that are connected to each other because we we are in um, in political positions, also happen to be black and also happen to be under 40, right? And so many of us have this common or this shared energy around changing the systems that we operate in. And mm-hmm. we also get frustrated because we bump up against walls, you know, here and there. But um, there's been chatter among us for the past, goodness, at least three to four years um, about we need to just do our own thing. We just need our own shit. <laughs> That's the thing that like it, it constantly comes up. We need our own shit. You know, why do we keep having this conversation? We just need to do it. And, and I think now, especially watching, um, you can't hear the calls of people who are organizing and protesting every day and seeing the experiences that they have with the government that's put in place to protect and serve. You can't hear some provocative summaries like the one that Kimberly Latrice Jones gave. Mm. Shut up you can't kill. hear, um, you can't see the work of organizations like Movement for Black Lives and Black Voters Matter, and as elect as any elected official, still sit back at this time. You can't do that. And so I feel like now was the time where we were like, you know what? We've been talking about this for too long. Let's just let's just do it. Let's get it together. Let's dig in and let's do it. Um, and so the group that you see so far, this five, represents the five of us who've started the work at this moment. But it's definitely not. The totality of those of us who've been thinking about it quite some time. Understood. Mayor Hollingsworth, thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking the Absolutely. time out to kick it with us and talk about our thank Black you. Party. Before we let you go, please tell the good folks where they can find you if they'd like to find you and how to join. And all how to join. Sure. Yes, indeed. So and how to join. First and foremost, we need you to connect with our Black Party. Please join our mailing list at ourblackparty.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Our Black Party. Um, on our links in the profile, you'll see the link to the survey. Please take the survey to tell us you know, the things that are most important to you. And if there's something that you don't see reflected in that list, add it so that we can make sure that we not only know how to connect with you, but we also know what's important to you. And then for those of you who are like, you know what, this is great. I want to go a step further. Please, we you know we need and will be building this off of the support of donations, and we want everyone to feel invested, not just in spirit, but also in you know the energy that's that's passed through money. Um, so please give your donations as you can um, at ourblackparty.org as well. No doubt. Thank you very much, Mayor Candace Hollingsworth of the great city in the great state of Maryland, uh, great city of Hyattsville in the great state of Maryland. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So 
our thoughts, final thoughts. What did you think about our black party, my guy? Either, any one of you? Um, uh, I, uh, I, I really like the uh, the energy and the ideas they're putting forth. Um, it definitely feels like, uh, I mean, although none of the ideas are new, um, the energy is new. Um, you know, I didn't know how new, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so, um, not my only thing is the, you know, probably I probably didn't get the, the deep dive that is, that, you know, will be probably more fruitful in another six months or so, you know, but for where they're starting, um, for the focus that they're having. I give it to them 100 to 110%, and I'm already on the mailing list. No doubt. No doubt. Boogie, what's up? It was interesting, man. Uh, for one, whenever you hear a unapologetically black female speak about wanting to uplift their people, that is, to me, incredibly encouraging and gives me energy. So... I had already signed up to support their movement because I believe in what they're trying to put forth. I actually am going to go a step further and, and contribute and reach out to Rashad and see in ways that I can work with him to kind of build this pro, uh, this policy and this agenda because I think it's definitely needed. I think she's on point. Uh, my one concern is that she's friends with you. I mean, that was the <laughs> <laughs> red flag out of everything that I really struggled with was <laughs> so thorough intelligent. Uh, I just had her shit together was your friend I, 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 just, <laughs> I don't understand how that shit works but hey a broke clock is when, right when, when I when I, yeah, when I start awesome, the bad mouth lights can awesome be you always got something to say no, but it, it's awesome. I, I really hope that they. Uh, I think they will attract some uh, some significant funding um, at this point in our in our history, uh, and, and I definitely look forward to uh, the strides they make in um, in different cities, especially. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. I'm like I said before. I'm 100 percent behind it, specifically because, like I said, I know Candace. I know she wouldn't put her name and her effort and her time behind some bullshit. So I know I have a bias, but. At the same time, I, I you know what? <laughs> See, and when I say when I say I hate you, do you want to go anyway? But that's that's the deal. I, I know that she's one hundred percent about her efforts and her time and where she puts it. So I'm really excited to see where they go. Um, I'm really excited to see how far they can take this and the type of noise. And I don't use that pejoratively or negatively, the type of noise that they can make. Because I think the political systems that we've been dealing with, specifically the politicians we've been dealing with, they they deserve a wake-up call, a real wake-up call, and not one of these Tea Party branded type of wake-up calls, if you get what I'm saying. So I think they deserve a wake-up yeah. call, and I think they're the right group to do it. Um, yeah, I'm, I really congratulate them on their initiative and their launch from last week. And hopefully bigger and better things are coming down the pipe. And I'm saying this to I say this to black folks specifically and those people who are not black but consider themselves allies. This movement, this type of thing is exactly what black folks need. I know we've noticed across this whole protest after the, the, the horrendous murder of George Floyd and subsequent Breonna Taylor and all those things that Black Lives Matter and symbolism and symbolism and symbolism. But this yeah. is an opportunity right here for people to actually get involved and to fight for agenda yeah. items that 
they want <laughs> and that we've been screaming from the rooftops for. This is yeah, one of those no excuse type yeah, of moments yeah. right here. Yeah, yeah. If corporate if corporations wanna want want to know where to put their money, if they want to make a statement, this is a, write a check. To, write a check. Write a check to them. Write a check. Yeah. And 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 yeah. and not some and not some not some piddly shit. Nah. Some scary, some scary shit. Yeah. Um um, what's his name? Oh, what was his name? Who wants to put money in? Uh, was it Buffett? Yeah, Buffett um, wants to put money. He, Netflix. He, 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 want, money. he wants to know where to put. He wants to know where to put his money. Yeah, hey, come through. Two, bi- two billion, two billion, right there. Boom. Yeah, no bullshit. Please. No bullshit. Crush. Where can people find you if they want to find you, man? Man, find me on Instagram at the Orange Crush with a K or SP Methods. Um, I got a bunch of stuff on Bandcamp and a bunch of stuff on Spotify. So, um, you know, enjoy it. Stream my man. Yeah, no doubt. Boogie, where can people find you if they want to find you, man? Uh, I'm really hanging out in one or two places this time. <laughs> you say that every damn week. <laughs> it's only every Twitter week. these days. And you be switching I'm up. Twitter. You're like, I'm on Twitter this week. Hey, I'm hey. not on IG. Hey, oh, hey, it's it's, 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 it's crazy. Yeah, my cat yeah, was man. Good, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a fly. it was a fly around, so you know how cats are with flies. <laughs> man, just sit, tell folks where they can find you, man. You ain't talking about your damn cat. What's the shit? My cat is thorough, man. My cat is thorough. <laughs> no, Yo, he's not. Yo, there, there are two cat owners on the line, man. Two cat owners on the line. Hey, Elgin's cat is a I, super troll. That nigga was bugging. He's bugging out the entire joke. <laughs> <laughs> at Elgin Bailey on Twitter and Instagram, man. Holla at me. No doubt. And I am big. Oh, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore in the black. And I want to thank you guys once again for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. Remember, we want to hear from you. Help us continue these conversations by reaching us at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. And as always, informed, intelligent, in, in, the, in the black. Peace. Peace. <laughs> This is, this is the In The Black Podcast. In The Black, bro. Hands <laughs> down, one of the this best is. podcasts I ever heard, though. I like y'all Breakfast, what up? I read a black coffee, Breakfast, listen. In The Black Podcast, and your lad, it's all facts. You don't like that, the fall back. In The Black Podcast, don't talk trash. Switch fast if you ain't wrong, you're all Intelligent elements always relevant Not for the weak and delicate This is eloquent excellence We are setting the precedence Resting in my excrement In the black podcast The truth like the testament Don't know Black up he bro Man a specialist No what the podcast broadcast Y'all mess with this Like said them a cheat Who no do it so effortless I listen them I learn When them listen them I benefit Reporting current events Everything that is prevalent This is so exquisite The scientific experiment Giving you the news Not views without evidence Telling you the truth sentiments without embellishments relax these are the facts bringing them to your residence in your house and your tenement listen to hear intelligence body filled with melanin power that's so acetylene bright in the stars bringing some light back to the desolate in the black podcast that your land is all facts you don't like that before in the black podcast they fall down pull up and watch black up here chat me down in the black podcast that your land is all facts you don't like that before in the black podcast Yes, we all lost the one of them, can't none of them, can't trust. Yes,